you know, I used Brian Pine as a liaison because I said, well, this guy's a progressive, this guy's a progressive. And, and, and Brian says, well, I don't know. You know, I said, listen, but let me, you know, I've got a bit of history with Brian for 30 some odd years. So, and, you know, like Battery Park, the playground at Battery Park. Brian calls me up one day and says, no, we're trying to put a playground in at Battery Park. I said, what do we got to do, Brian? So he got hold of John Larkin, that shit in Burlington. He got hold of me and we went and we collaborated. He put the thing together. He got the park thing. We gave him the money. But he came through and supported shit. more things than you can. I can't even put him on a list of stuff that he worked. And he worked hard. Yeah. You know, just like you're working hard, yeah. it's the same kind of a deal. So. Welcome to a mini episode of Unsolicited Bridge Picks. I am your host, Charles. And I am Brie Bills. And uh, we've had a very timely episode that we are rushing out um, to try to get out before the progressive mayoral caucus in Burlington, because we have a really interesting caucus this year. Uh, Weinberger is finally facing some serious opposition from independent Ollie Jang and from two progressives, uh, Brian Pine and Max Tracy, and there's uh, been... As we've talked about a little bit on the show, a lot of negative coverage and, and uh, boners that the mayor has uh, participated in. <laughs> and so there's he's he's politically secure. Yes, yeah. The Progressive Party has benefited in the last year or so from the narrative that Mayor Weinberger has egregiously lacked transparency. After the scandal that led Burlington Police Chiefs Brandon Del Pozo and Jan Wright to resign, City Councilor Max Tracy said that these decisions show the mayor has a pattern of, quote, hiding bad conduct from the council. And um, I would say that if if people are truly fed up with and disgusted by the mayor's lack of transparency, and as Tracy puts it, his top-down elitist approach, Brian Pine is not the way to go. And so um, on my blog, and I will try to post it to the show notes if I ever remember, I always forget, uh, charleswinkleman.com. <laughs> I did some research and did a record request about Brian Pine and kind of his history, how he has this public face as someone who's very progressive and woke. But then when you start digging behind the scenes and and kind of his own history, it is one of um, the not nice way would be to say that he's two faced. Um, Mm -hmm. The nice way would be to say that he is politically very pragmatic. Mediocre. He got a huge endorsement from uh, Nina Turner who I believe was a rep, who uh, was a big supporter of Bernie's campaign. He has someone from Our Revolution running his campaign, and this is before even the caucus. And and so he clearly is gearing up to try to win. He's trying to make sure that he has as many um, big names in his corner. And Mm -hmm. a lot of those big names, I think, have made a really big mistake by trusting that, that because of Brian Pine's supposed history, um, that he is <laughs> someone that's progressive, uh, quite frankly. What were the, um, what are they called? The record requests that you made? What were, what were they? Gosh. Um, I think I, I, I essentially, so actually, I don't even remember what it was. Someone else asked me that too. I, I make too many, I, I make too many record requests. So <laughs> to remember what this specific <laughs> record request. It should be, an, it should be another one of our taglines there's we've got a record request for that we've got a record (laughs) request for that 
<laughs> Let me see. So this record request was all correspondence between Councillor Pine uh, and or Dave Farrington, Don Sinex, Pomerleau, Redstone, Bissonette, Hoekstra from January 1st, 2020 up to the date of this request, which was November 2nd. And also mm-hmm. all correspondence to or from Councillor Pine during that time with the words Burlington Town Center, BTC, and Devonwood. And then I did something similar for Councillor Jang, which I'm going to write a whole other post about, which will be fun. But we have more time for that because the Progressive Caucus is on Tuesday. Yeah, the Progressive Caucus is Tuesday. And I think it's interesting because I wasn't actually trying to get most of this information. Uh, what I was specifically interested in was the town uh, town center development. But but I, I was curious just about, too, knowing, I think because uh, Councillor Pine reached out to me, and I talk about it in this piece, uh, back in August, he reached out to me, or last August, he reached out to me on behalf of Bill Bissonette, who was a large landlord, and, and I just would describe as a slumlord, um, kind of reached out to me out of the blue and was like, hey, so-and-so read a piece of yours, and it was about how the Bissonettes had mass evicted 300 low-income households from the old North End, which uh, Bill did not disagree with in, in the conversation <laughs> I had with him that was recorded uh, on the record. He agreed to it. So much of what I found was Brian Pine's secret behind-the-scenes relationship with developers and landlords. Um, yeah. And not just Bill Bissonette. I, I find it interesting that initially Brian Pine has kind of chosen to do some like, positioning. Oh, yeah. Like some of this positioning <laughs> to, sh- to show himself to be above petty partisan politics. Mm-hmm. Um, so he turned down opportunities to criticize Weinberger, for example, at first. Um, he's he's had to, in the last couple of weeks, say a little bit, but, you know, not not come down hard on anything right. that that Weinberger's really done. It's, it's definitely, it's definitely not because he actually agrees with most of what Weinberger's doing. It's, that's not it at all. Yeah. No, it's this positioning. <laughs> it's this positioning. It's and he's it a is... nice guy. He's just a nice guy who wants exactly, to work with yeah. everyone. No, I'm kidding. Well, and this, so is, that's the thing. It is also because of his position. <laughs> it is also because that him and Weinberger actually are not that different. They, 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 they differ a little bit on substance. Well, but they differ. I would say that they differ in terms of what they give not even like lip service to like i would say that the way that brian pine advocates for different things like the 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 language that he uses around housing and those kinds of things is different from the way that weinberger talks about it but in practice is not that's what it seems like to me and i would say he he on the council has had better votes than weinberger um But I think that only happened because he was clearly eyeing a run for city council, which is funny because in 2018, there was a seven days article where he said running for council was definitely not uh, a stepping stone to anything bigger. And and here we are only two years later. (laughs) I mean, it just it seems so obvious, like looking back at the last couple of years. Oh, yeah. Of course it was. He he would not have supported defunding the police if he wasn't running for mayor. There's zero question in my mind about (laughs) No, absolutely not. With the with the people who who uh, are in his vast and diverse network, um, right, right. yeah. So my my question that I pose, my rhetorical question is: Could it be that Pine isn't really interested in throwing someone under the bus who engages in the same "I scratch your back, you scratch mine" version of leadership, siding with landlords and those in power while giving lip service to more progressive and democratic ideals? 
I don't know. It's that's that might be unfair, but it's just kind of like I just it seems it seems like I can't imagine with the way that we see him working behind the scenes with people who are already very powerful in the community. Yeah. How would he not be having a top-down elitist approach to it, it, well, and, the and, I mean, he would be the, the progressive version of, of Moreau, which is not a compliment. And uh, <laughs> Sorry. It, but yeah. it, 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 it's true. I mean, the progressive party and progressivism, and we cannot get into it, but has an incredibly paternalistic background and a paternalistic yeah. history. And, and so there's huge overlap there. And, and while uh, Weinberger might be more interested in making sure they're Ivy League folks who have Harvard Kennedy Business School degrees or political school degrees. Pine is more interested in, in progressives who believe that capitalism can work, that power doesn't really exist. There's not really power differentials. And it's just about getting nice people together in a room uh, to make decisions on behalf of all the poors. So one of the reasons why I wanted to write this and, and, and do that record request it wasn't quite connected, but when I got these documents, I, I really thought I had to put this out before this caucus. One reason is because of the Nina Turner endorsement. And the other reason is was because of this Vermont Digger article, uh, which was oh my God, yeah. stupidly, uh, 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 stupidly pro Brian Pine. It was another Grace Ellison article. Ellison. Um, yep. She wrote the, the very nice Del Pozo piece from several months ago. Um, and in this one, it was ideologue versus bridge builder. What kind of progressives are Pine and Tracy? And, and, and so what I wrote really went off of that, that Pine is clearly trying to make himself into this bridge builder, while Max Tracy is, is essentially seen as this young, brash ideologue. I was completely baffled by um, Grace Ellison's use of the word ideologue with all of its neg- negative connotation to describe Tracy. Because um, Pine is an me, ideologue. It's... Pine is neoliberal. Well, Pine is top down. <laughs> <laughs> well, but so, so the, the thing is that, like, you know, the, the idea of an ideologue being somebody who is blindly partisan or somebody who uh, is completely uncompromising. But yeah, blindly partisan and like Im- impractical in their approach to different things, right? Right. Impractical in their beliefs, right? So to me, it's strange that someone who consistently advocates for his community, both yep. publicly and privately, should be written off as an ideologue that should be something that we value because it's completely unclear we don't know where brian pine will really dig in right or where he you know like partially because of as you bring up in your in your post kind of the way that he's he will switch his framing of different of 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 his opinions and and uh and whatnot based on yeah and i I think and, and i think too um like it, it's funny you say that about Max because I there's there's a lot of things I don't think he does well. There's a lot of things I don't mm-hmm. think he he really pushes nearly as much as he should. And so I know a lot of people are gonna read it and be like, "Well, Charles, you but Charles, you're you're, an you're just a hundred percent for Max Tracy." And it's like I don't even think Max is a particularly uh, ideological. Like I wouldn't call him a socialist. He might have some like social democratic ideas, but he's not even a member of the Democratic Socialists of America. Like like this to call him ideological is is just such a pejorative term uh, and it's meant to be a pejorative term it's it makes no sense when it's actually somebody who has clear beliefs and has a clear record of sticking to those beliefs like with the mall development like if you compare tracy's yes. right max record. tracy from the start was against the mall the pit we, we've talked about the pit 
and and how much of a shit show it was. Max was against it from the start. Uh, Brian Pine wasn't. Uh, in in as I write about in in 2016, uh, he decided to do a video for the mayor's uh, very much landlord and developer heavy uh, pack, the Partnership for Burlington's Future. And I think we should include <laughs> that video, that audio in, in right here. I'm Brian Pine. I'm a 35-year resident of Burlington. My background is community and economic development with a special focus on affordable housing. I now work in energy efficiency and renewable energy, both in Vermont and in, in other parts of the country. Uh, I fully support the ballot questions number three and four. I see those questions as critical to our future. And uh, I think as a city, we have an opportunity that we need to seize now because uh, cities in many places are struggling. And in Burlington, we have an opportunity to ensure that we have a uh, prosperous future. Um, in, in the case of Burlington, um, we have in front of us right now a critical question that I think will determine if Burlington is uh, a sustainable and vibrant downtown for the next 20, 30, maybe even 50 years and this is the type of investment that's needed to ensure that future. We can't sit idly by and, and wait for things to come to us. Maybe uh, people are thinking that a better option is gonna come up later down the road. Uh, cities don't work that way. I'm a, I'm a practitioner of community development and, uh, and a student of cities, and I wanna say that cities evolve over time and that in many cases, uh, critical investment decisions are either are made that, uh, that impact the future, and in Burlington's case, this is one of those moments um, many years ago, cities received federal help and federal assistance to, to invest in infrastructure to ensure the downtown, downtowns were, um, were developed according to local plans, but those days are gone. There are no more federal resources to support that type of development. Uh, municipal uh, governments across the country are searching for ways and creative ways to rebuild and build their infrastructure. TIF is really that solution. It's that tool that municipalities need. Um, and in this case, we have available a project that is really going to lay the groundwork for downtown Burlington for many years to come. And my favorite part is uh, in, in a Seven Days article in 2016, he supported it with no qualms, no public qualms at least. And even mm -hmm. said that increasing the housing supply should help reduce real estate costs across the income spectrum, which is literally what Mayor Weinberger has said for the past nine years. It is right. trickle-down neoliberal the same housing. Tack, yeah. It is the all lives matter of housing, essentially, to argue that <laughs> that a, a, a two bedroom, seventeen hundred dollar a month apartment or twenty one hundred dollar a month apartment is going to actually help anyone who's low income is is fucking absurd uh, and, and is not based in any sort of logic or truth or data. Um, Woo. But but yeah, so so here he is in 2016 supporting it um, around that time. Personally, and I've been getting a little bit of flack from it from someone on Twitter about how this is just me trying to pull up grudges. Um, but I really only say this story because, A, it was important enough that I remember it four years later very clearly. And B, I, I think it really shows Brian Pine's two-facedness. Um, and I've talked to other people who are organizers in, in Burlington, and they have shared privately, of course. They're not going to... They... they have relationships to keep and i respect yeah, that you not know, I, everybody is as hellbent on burning no. bridges as as you charles look i i'm actually all about uh unsoliciting bridge picks i'm not about burning bridge <laughs> um 
he called me up. I was the progressive city committee chair at the time, and, and we had written a piece and, and voted on it and agreed um, about our complaints with the mall redevelopment process and a lot of the promises mm-hmm. that were made. Um, the original design included a poor door entrance for the people who were on a, uh, the inclusionary zoning or affordable housing units. They would have to enter from a separate door. They, they couldn't enter from the regular rich people door. There was promises Jesus of fucking grace. There was promises of thousands of new jobs, which was just not true. It was just jobs that were relocating. Mm-hmm. There were promises right. that there was going to be new jobs that were livable wage, which was also not true. Brian uh, Pine at the time said he had no problems with the height. You know, we said we have problems with it. Uh, we, we do think it was too big, and it was, and we were right. And uh, in the past couple years, they even before COVID, they had to scale down the size of the project because it was too big. Um, so, you know, time and time again, I think Tracy's position and, and mine too was, was correct. That being said, in the past couple months, uh, Brian Pine has really changed his story. It's like how nobody nobody voted for the Iraq War, right? Right. No, exactly. It is. And, and it's him <laughs> trying to, to distance himself from Weinberger, even though he was so in lockstep with Weinberger back in the, in 2016, especially around the mall mm-hmm. redevelopment and, and other redevelopment projects. Um, so so most so most recently he did a Reddit uh, AMA and and in that when when pushed about his that he had supported the mall redevelopment. He didn't say he didn't support it, but then he said he was not on city council when the vote was taken, implying he had no influence on that process at all. That the property was likely headed for foreclosure, which we we have talked about wasn't true. Don Sinex purposefully was doing that to make it look bad. And that he supposedly had reservations about the scale of the project and was not sure the developer could be trusted. Which none of that, none of those concerns he, he said at the time. And so either right to be fair we don't know that it wasn't true but he sure as hell didn't say anything. right best case scenario is he had these incredible concerns about the project and kept them to himself to the detriment of the entire community and the entire downtown but core to the benefit of his building bridges <laughs> it's a great way to build Here, bridges Bri- yeah brian pine picture didn't happen there, there was also an, another um connected to this i think in in I think it'll it'll add into the conversation that we're having is is um, I, I wrote another post uh, and this was from March of 2018 about why were there developers and housing insiders on the mayor's inclusionary zoning working group right. and Brian Pine was was one of the people on it and and I just want to go over some of the people who were on this working group because they all reappear in these record requests almost all of them we have mm-hmm. former city councilor Jane Nodell. We have Eric Hoekstra of Redstone, uh, Eric Farrell of the Cambrian Rise, etc., Michael Monty, CHT director, uh, Nancy Owens of Housing Vermont, Bruce Baker, a real estate lawyer, Brian Pine, John Davis, a housing developer consultant who works with Nodell and Michael Monty, and city mm-hmm. representation David White Planning, and uh, the CEDA director at the time. And so. <laughs> Here he was in this group, which eventually decided to weaken inclusionary zoning requirements. Who was not included in the discussion was renters, uh, was anyone from legal aid, uh, anyone who lives in inclusionary zoning units, uh, any mm-hmm. caseworkers from BHA or How- uh, Howard Center or any of the other nonprofit uh, outside of CHT, uh, anyone living in poverty, anyone who has lived in unsafe or unaffordable housing. Anyone who has faced growing housing discrimination, segregation, or gentrification. Mm-hmm. 
So here we have a, a, an example of a, a, a send, I mean, it's not a backroom deal, but it is. These meetings all happened at 8 a.m. on like a, a Monday. No one went to them except for housing insiders. Uh, it essentially was a way for them to have something that was quote unquote in the public and transparent, but, but it was really entirely inaccessible. I bring this up because in this fucking terrible Vermont Digger piece, <laughs> Grace uh, interviews former counselor Jane O'Dell and Peter Clavel, both of whom really supported the mall development and, and uh, really, I think, ended up, it ended up hurting them politically over time um, with, with the Progressive Party base, specifically Nodell, although that took a few years, I think, for all of the, the, the reactionary votes to finally catch up with her. There's just one quote I want to read, and then I think we should keep going. But Nodell said she's not participating in the Progressive Caucus, but if she were, she would vote for Pine. I want someone in the mayor's office who has the maturity and the temperament to govern the city, she said. Max doesn't meet the test of maturity and temperament. Now, going back to when I was a city councilor, or sorry, when I was on the, the Burlington Progressive Committee, uh, we put out this piece, as I said, and it angered a lot of the older progressives. Uh, Jane O'Dell's partner, Ted Wimpy, quit the Progressive Party because of it. He said, this isn't my party. And it wasn't that saying we would never support a project at the mall. It was saying, hey, we have serious questions. We think it, the process was, was really quick. And so uh, Brian calls me up. And at, at this point, I had been trying to get him to join the Progressive Party Steering Committee uh, in Burlington for, I think, half a year at that point. And, and he calls me up, starts with a very nice voice. It was very, very amicable. And then just starts blaming me and yelling at me, blaming me for the Progressive Party uh, and for where the direction the Progressive Party was heading in. Mind you, I'd only been in the party for like a year and a half at this point. This is someone who, who is running based on his bona fide of being a former progressive city councilor, of working for progressive administrations as an affordable housing developer or however you want to call it. And, and so here he was yelling at me. I was, what, I don't know, 26, 27 at the time, blaming me for it. Uh, blaming me for the, 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 the mall vote and the, the split there and saying that we all need to support the mall development and it's not perfect, but we got to move forward with it, blah, 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 blah. And so the idea that Max doesn't meet the test of maturity and temperament, if that's the case, uh, Councillor Pine definitely does not meet <laughs> that test for yelling and, and trying to bully a 27-year-old who at the time was very new to politics, local politics. Why were you trying to get him into the steering committee? Because everyone in the party was like, hey, you should talk to Brian. He's got lots of institutional knowledge. He's got all of this great information. He's, you know, he knows all the, all the behind the scenes stuff. And I was like, okay, that sounds like great reason to get someone onto the committee. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, as we talk about, I'm not, I give people chances and uh, I gave Brian lots of chances. <laughs> okay, as an aside, isn't it a little bit weird in this, in this uh, the Ellison piece, Jane Nodell, and then, and then um, the fact that she's not going to be uh, caucus. What is it called? Caucus yeah, with yeah. the progressives. She's like, I'm not going to be there, but if I were, like that's just so weird. It's why like did you reach out to her? Me. Why did you reach out to her? Like it doesn't. And and I can tell you why. I bet Brian suggested it. I mean, that's what it seems like. That Brian was like, Hey, you should reach out to Nodell and Clavel, and because Grace. I know she's young, but frankly, I, I'm not at all pleased with anything she's written. Um, I think she just took those suggestions and ran with them, um, as, a, as opposed to trying to do some, some research and look into maybe some people who 
have a history of either supporting Max or at least um, politically being in similar lanes. Or at least somebody who <laughs> has an interest in, in terms of like, it's going to be, is going to be caucusing. Yeah. Like why would, why would people are going, are going to read this? Uh, maybe progressives are going to read this and be like, oh yeah, these are some good points. But like, why the fuck are you going to let somebody who is outside of your caucus just shit post? I mean, this is shit posting. Giving, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and like give you their opinions on who you should vote for within your own party. Like, what the fuck? When you lost, you lost the 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 nomination for your party, and then you lost against the person who got the nomination. Like, if that's not a damning piece of evidence that you are no longer. Uh, wanted in the party and your politics is no longer accepted in the party i don't know what is but 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 charles you have grudges okay these people and that's the best part anyone who's who's behind (laughs) the scene and i don't know clavel personally at all so i i can't say whether he has grudges i think he's just he's a millionaire now and owns property in burlington so i think that's what it comes down to is his own personal class interest his son works for the city and one of his sons also is a landlord. So there's that whole thing. That's a whole other issue. But Nodell, no, notoriously, if you ask anyone in the progressive party or local politics, she hates Max. She's incredibly petty towards Max. She, When I was running for city council, even though I, I did my fucking best to not like go out of my way to be mean to her or to, to criticize her or to, to disagree with her, she wouldn't support me. She, her campaign manager was the, was Councillor Adam Roof, who was also my opponent's campaign manager, and she refused to even, like, recognize how kind of fucked up that was if you actually believe in a political party and believe in any sort of uh, party unity. And so the idea that, like, it, it's just, it's funny to me that, like, only, only these people, only certain people get to be petty and personal in uh, anyone else who might not actually be that petty and have some actual fucking values is, is seen as petty. But that's, that's just... Uh, projection so pine changed the stories with the mall okay whatever it's annoying it's shitty but lots of politicians do that right yeah so after uh brian pine had reached out to me and i asked brian about it and i was like hey can you help me understand why you would make an introduction like this it's kind of weird and surprising that you're acting as an intermediary for this blog post that i'd written like eight months before or something And his response was that he had known Bill for over 20 years. Having lived in Burlington since 1981, his network was large and diverse. It's a fascinating thing to hear, right? Like, who's in your network? Oh, it's not tenants. It's uh, not workers. It's not low-income people being priced out of the city. Huh, interesting. I think that Bill would like the chance to hear your concerns about his rental property business and share his perspective. I'm reaching out rather than just giving him your email address, but I don't need to take this any further if you are unwilling to meet. It's really no big deal. Look at the, look at the bridges being built, right? Like this, to, 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 to Brian, this is how you build bridges, right? This is a behind-the-scenes interaction, something that might have never become public. Uh, Bill could spew all the bullshit and lies he needed to spew about what a great landlord he is and how much he cares about the old North End, even though he lives in a multi-million dollar home in, in Colchester now. Of course. Yeah, of course. They all go to Colchester. As does, uh, I think, no, his son doesn't live in Colchester, but he also owns a very large house out uh, in the the more suburban area of the county. Uh, And his son mostly does a lot of the the landlording. Yeah, so there's a a short conversation where where in the conversation, uh, Bill says he's known Brian for 30 years. And then he shared a story with me that was so shocking to me about how, and, and I'll just include it anyway, but just about how Brian couldn't get funding to fix up Battery Park. 
And so Brian went, I mean, this is when he worked for the city, I believe, but it might have been when he was a counselor. I'm not sure. He went to uh, Bill Bissonette and another local landlord to fund uh, the, those projects, right? Like this is like the, the public private neoliberalism. You don't talk to the community. You don't raise taxes to make it happen. You don't tax giant landlords uh, who make, you know, a million dollars a year. You beg them for a, a small penance. And this is seen as not being corrupt, corrupting in any way at all, right? Like, No, but it's, the, <laughs> Charles, look at it this way. When something like this happens between two consenting adults, it's okay. Okay? It's, it's just, you know, it's far be it from me to make a judgment about what they do behind closed doors. It's not consenting if you haven't asked Charles Winkleman in it. paraphrase that meme um so uh it's not consensual uh because i said it wasn't and <laughs> do you know what they got out of uh what Bessonette got out of helping fund that project or fund that well um someone on facebook because uh, i posted it to the old north end facebook group and someone on there commented and talked about how Bill Bissonnette, uh, for years, if not decades, has gotten very easy uh, zoning requirements or, or fixed things without the necessary permits. He mm-hmm. has uh, been able to get his apartments approved, even though this guy who I believe works or worked construction said that a lot of the projects should not have been approved uh, and, and had mm-hmm. really big issues. So I think that's what he's getting out of it. I, I think by, okay. by, by making himself... Um, you know, cozying up to Bill Ward, the, the head of ins- inspections and, and city, Old North End City Councilors like Brian Pine, he gets uh, a pass and, and people assume best intentions regardless of, of even, even if his intentions were perfect, his impact is bad, negatively impacting the community in many, many ways. But even, uh, even then, he just gets a pass for, for, for doing things that are bad for the community. And, and more importantly, someone who owns that many units in one small neighborhood is having an, an, a very unfair and undemocratic amount of power in that community. Right. I mean, in, in my in my conversation with Bill, he didn't he he he's he's hands off. He's he's the literal definition of a of a capitalist of a landlord. You know, he was talking about how most of the money he makes is from Al's French fries, but he had no idea how much anyone even made there. He was like, I know the, they get paid a least a livable wage, and the managers make something, I don't know, 30, 40. Like, he had no idea. He doesn't know. He's, he's entirely removed from his business ventures, except when his son or, or, or someone else, like a city councilor, gets involved, and then he jumps back in to be the face. You know, go, going back to right. our Boves episode of, of the two Boves and how one was the nice guy and one was kind of the shithead. Um, we're, we're seeing this just with Bill and his son, Shane. Getting back to what you you kind of started talking about this earlier that um brian pine his large and diverse network does not only include bill bissonette but you know he does a lot of these kind of um uh, what i would say fundamentally undemocratic um conversations and and you know power power meetings Mm -hmm. with with these these other landlords um yeah and developers and and one that was the, he worked very close with was Eric Hoekstra of Redstone. Uh, Eric Hoekstra, or Redstone, owns 371 units, valued at $73 million. And uh, Hoekstra is, is known for really gentrifying the old North End. And they yep. work together. Yep. 
along with uh, former city councilor Jane Nodell and Michael Monty and a bunch of uh, other business owners or tenants or landlords on, on North Winooski Avenue to try to stop bike lanes from being built on, on North Winooski Avenue. And, and I'm not going to go into details today about my, my thing about bike lanes. Um, I will say that it, this was not only not, it was not only undemocratic, but it wasn't even in Pine's ward. Count, Counts of Tracy is ward too. And so the fact that Pine was so involved in trying to stop bike lanes and a word that wasn't even his was really weird. Um, on top of that, there was a bunch of text messages from Eric Hoekstra to Brian Pine about how they were going to have a, essentially a closed meeting with some city councilors and landlords and business owners to oppose this bike project. And uh, on March 7th, uh, Eric Hoekstra says, if Max can't make it, you know, whatever. I don't really care. This is the city council who's, who, who these changes are happening in. And Brian responded with, me either. <laughs> so, like, the idea that he's a bridge builder, he can't even fucking work within his own party. With colleagues in his own with party. With colleagues in his own party. Right. <laughs> Fellow counselors. Purposefully icing Max out because he knows Max is supporting it. Like, if you believe you're all on the same team and you're allies, you don't do that to someone. Even if you disagree, you have those conversations. But... Max Tracy is is un, uncompromising when it comes to this kinds of issues because he doesn't have a car and so he has a conflict of interest. <laughs> and, and, and a fun aside uh, in one of the emails to from Eric Hoekstra to to all these people and, and no one ever no one Jane or Michael Monty or anyone else in this exchange uh, I think maybe Stu was in this exchange I'm not entirely sure but Brian definitely does not address where where and this is it happens a second time in a different way but where eric essentially says i need to read this here i hope we can all be somewhat united in recognizing the complexities of making things work in an urban context in burlington in the age of walmart etc jake's is the first grocery store in the old north end in almost 20 years since the original uh, onion river or the onion river co-op moved downtown eric hoekstra in the same building as jake's rents to one central market which is a grocery store that is Asian. It is an ethnic market, but it is still a grocery store in the old <laughs> North End. If you if you walk down North Street, there's like four other grocery stores. It's that's 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 fucking racist. Like I don't know how else to put it. Like it's not only racist. It's 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 uh, it's xenophobic, erasing his neighbors and erasing his fucking tenants. Like these are his. If I was his tenant. I would just fucking quit paying rent at that point. He's like, fuck you, dude. Yeah, I don't, I, I do not understand at all. And for Brian and all these other people (laughs) to be like, Like, to be like, multiculturalism is so important. We need diversity. To just let a comment like that slide, I think really says what matters to them, which is they don't give a shit if the old North End gentrifies. They want it to gentrify. So they feel comfortable. Have they just never set foot inside of one of these? (laughs) One of these grocery stores, like there's fresh produce. There's like, they're, like they're rich. They're rich white people who never want to feel out of place, right? They never want to feel the least bit dis- of discomfort. So Jake's One Market is perfect for them. It is as bougie as you can get, um, uh, without woo. being like healthy living. <laughs> so there's that, right? Another point is that uh, local landlord Stu McGowan, who owns 76 units and about nine million dollars worth of property. 
um, also make some very racist comments that are just like not at all once again addressed. Also, I think I've told you this, whose house I hung out with as a kid because uh, I was like BFFs with his son in first and second grade. Nice. Too bad. And, Too bad you didn't uh, marry into the wealth. Is all I'm, I'm, no, I'm, I'm glad you didn't. Um, uh, <laughs> in, in one of the records, he says, back to the core issue. Here in the, the Old North End, we've been working for 40 plus years to get the Old North End out of ghetto status to a neighborhood with a thriving in social ghetto. infrastructure, one with a dynamic business presence. And then he goes on to say that the vast majority of her neighborhood is struggling every day. Show me one person who has a 3,000 bike setup for winter, and I'll be dumbfounded. Isn't going to happen. I'm so not interested in these folks taking over our streets, the lifeblood of our neighborhood, to satisfy their privileges, her privileged desires. Um, what's funny is I, right after I posted this on Twitter, uh, a tenant of his responded and was like, oh, yes, Stu loves using the street parking as, as free parking. Most of his units don't have nearly enough parking spots to cover so when you look at who's opposing this uh, you got redstone you've got butch and babes who is a redstone eric hoekstra's wife owns that uh you've got michael monty you you've essentially got and, and uh, stew you've essentially got frankly racists uh classists who have a vested economic interest in keeping bike lanes from coming there now there are good reasons to not want bike lanes right now there are good reasons to never want bike lanes there's also good reasons to want bike lanes but this is not the conversation we should be having <laughs> like it shouldn't be happening in this way like we should actually talk about the merits of bike lanes or the not and it should be happening with a handful of wealthy people meeting in a private butch and babes conversation that is not with the larger community so there's all of that brian Pine also maybe makes a joke, it's not clear, about... Uh, <laughs> about eminent domain. Yeah, about using eminent domain on the old spokes home parking lot because they don't agree with the, the project, which is kind of a fucked up joke to hear in a private email from an elected official. Uh, old spokes home is a nonprofit. I don't know if they always were, but they are now. Um, they're connected with Bike Recycle. They merged. And so they, like, they do good work in the community and... and it just it's like super fucked up uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then they also bash you so in this email uh this is from march of 2020 uh eric hoekstra is is emailing brian pine and jay nodell and eric says he had a positive text exchange with max yesterday max stop fucking doing that if i was you stop texting with fucking landlords and shitheads like eric hoekstra make them email you Never, never respond to their fucking texts. Like, why? Why? Separate, separate your life, man. Um, just, just a piece of advice. Like, why would you want Eric Hoekstra texting you at random times of the day? But Charles, you, you'll be able to find the texts anyway. Record requests that, that just for, just occasionally happen to not be entirely just pages of redacted material. Like, I mean, there's a, there's a whole other, we should do an episode about that, about how I, I, I'm convinced the way the city does record requests is inherently political and is to serve the mayor. Like when you think about mm. all the things that have been redacted. So I've done some record requests on um, a new place and the mayor, and those conversations are fully redacted. But when it comes to things about, uh, the mayor's political opponent, nothing showed up redacted. That is amazing. <laughs> Again, transparency. I had a positive text exchange with Max yesterday, calling for everyone to pull together during this crisis. 
like, you know, because this is early on with COVID and obviously we were all going to be impacted equally. Um, Eric Hoekstra, who, who owns multiple properties personally and multiple businesses, was definitely going to be hurt as much as someone who was living paycheck to paycheck. Wondering if anyone could get through to people like Winkleman right now? Winkledork was making really horrible comments on the mayor's Facebook live feed the other day. His usual rhetoric. Now is not the time for political rhetoric. Rhetoric. Rhetoric, thank you. This is while, by the way, they're organizing behind closed doors about the, the parking plan. But this is not the time for political rhetoric in public. We really have to pull together and understand that we are all in this together. We're all Sowing the seeds of division is dangerous in times like this. We don't want riots and looting on our hands. Classic landlord and business owner's number one concern, right? Who gives a shit if people are hungry or dying or homeless because of COVID? Uh, oh, I can't have my stuff rioted. If you know anyone that might be able to get through to Winkleman, it might help to call him off right now. Like, I'm a dog. Brian yeah. Pine responds. Wait, but so this is, sorry, this is uh, with regard to, with regard to uh, parking? What? Yeah, I mean, the subject is pushback start of parking management plan. Like, why this, I was, this is even, why I'm even a part of this in this email thread makes no sense. And this is funny. Again, I, I think it's funny because, uh, it's not like in your record requests you search for yourself or search no, for your name. No, like, not, at all. Like, not at all. You're like, wait, what not the fuck is this? Not at all. Sometimes I do. Like, sometimes they're fun. I'm like, hey, what are, what are these assholes saying about me? What are these fucking petty babies saying? I really want to know. It'd be funny. Um, but it's like shocking, too, because then Brian responds and he goes, Charles is a really polarizing person. It seems like a mental health issue to many. I actually think that Max is a pretty good relationship with him, so I'll ask Max to reach out and urge that he tone down the rhetoric in these times. Rhetoric. Oh, fuck it. Rhetoric. <laughs> <laughs> Rhetorical questions, rhetoric. I yeah, know, it yeah, doesn't yeah, make any yeah, sense. Yeah, whatever. You speak Rhetorical two languages is... fluently, and I barely can get through one. Um, well, rhetoric is a Greek. It so, comes from the Greek, so it has to be the antipenultimate. I'm cutting everything you say that is smart. <laughs> okay. Anyhow, um... Yeah, and then and then and then Eric responds, "Yes, Brian." It does. Yeah, it says, "Thanks, Brian." Yes, it does seem that Chicky has mental health challenges with a lot of misplaced anger. Appreciate your efforts to tone him down. Like I'm like I don't even like I'm so confused about what they think my relationship is with these people. Like what they think. Like, I don't, I don't understand yeah. what I would love. To, I would kind of love to know. I actually don't want to know, but I'm just like, I, if it comes up in a future record request, great. I'm glad to learn, but I will never talk to them about it. Yeah. Um, but it's just like, this is so fucking insulting. Um, well, okay. And, and, and here's the thing though, like without making it personal, this is hilarious in, on it is, some levels. Oh, it is hilarious. On, <laughs> it you is. know, on some levels, but, but then on the, uh, like another part of this is just like, it's so, it's, petty it, it's childish it's embarrassing it's, it's petty and childish and it's dangerous because again like you are an activist in the community who is in you like you are doing these things in good faith you are advocating for things in i good don't faith. get anything out of this i'm not getting power i'm not running for office i'm not building more housing and building wealth right like, what, what am i getting out of any of this right and so and and the thing is i mean you're just being a thorn in their side totally Totally. And, and, and I'm, and I'm okay having enemies like this. Um, right. At this point, because you're not running for office. I mean, even if I was at this point, like, I wouldn't give a shit. Like, but I, I did the other thing before. Yeah. But yeah, so so the fact that the fact that writing off 
critical parts of the democratic process, namely conversation with people who disagree disagree with you and maybe don't use the right tone you know i love that the white supremacist tone policing that's that's going on in this thread here it's beautiful it's beautiful (laughs) yeah and so writing writing off writing off activists as people with misplaced anger and mental issues this is brian's true side like this is what it comes down to is behind closed doors he doesn't actually respect people who do this work i mean because that's what it comes down to replace me with anyone else and what you're saying is here's someone who's an advocate who I don't respect. <laughs> and I'm not even yeah. going to talk to them about it, right? Like oh, he's, he's like polarizing. Well, he's like, I'll get Max to do it. Like, it's like, you you, you fucking called me up that one time many years ago and yelled at me. You, you emailed me out of the blue on behalf of fucking Bill Bissonnette. You can't email me out of the blue on behalf of Eric Hoekstra. <laughs> like, <laughs> where's your line, Brian? I don't understand. I don't understand. Uh, and the idea that the anger is misplaced is hilarious when it's like, oh, actually, like, Charles is angry about things that are, you know, that are actually serious problems for the community. He's not, like, pissed at you guys necessarily explicitly, but, like, the idea that that's misplaced anger when this is actually the way that you talk about him behind his back is hilarious, too. And I I know the conversation that it was, and, and none of it was misplaced. I mean, I wasn't nice about it, but but some of it did come from from PTSD that I got from from Del Pozo. But it was, a lot of it was just me being like, "What are you going to do for renters? You're not doing anything for renters." Oh, classic, not helping renters. Oh, great, you know, like it, it, it wasn't about Del Pozo, but but I think some of my uh, energy definitely was affected by by that and what I was going through, and 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 you know, it wasn't even like Brian tried to give me the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> He wasn't like, you know, this is a real challenging time for everyone. Let's let's be nice. It was just like, oh, it seems like he's got mental health issues. <laughs> this yeah. fucker. Thanks, Brian Pine. At least I don't call you up and yell at you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he probably will take issue with you saying that you yelled at him. He will probably disagree. Of course he will. We had a very yelling. nice conversation. It was really great. We came to a lot of agreements. No, we didn't. Um, and, and, and Whatever, chicken. Well, and, and then uh, along with the police chief stuff, because Pine is, is and because there is some personal aspect to it, and, and Pine is, is trying to pivot as this, you know, political, or, or this police reformer, this like so, uh, social and, and racial justice warrior all of a sudden. But in, in Vermont Digger article uh, of the time, in last December, you know, they said that Brian and a bunch of other counselors were generally uh, thought that Del Pozo deserved compassion. Pine said that a restorative justice process in which Del Pozo and Winkleman would meet and collaboratively address the issue was what was needed, which he never at all did anything about. And so, like, here's a situation where when, when Brandon Del Pozo abuses his power, harasses citizens, eventually... Only after it happens many, many times does Brian address it, and it's, uh, he says, you deserve compassion. But when me, a community organizer, uh, maybe has a tone that isn't liked by his landlord friends, that's, oh, well, Charles has a mental health issue. Like, there's, there's none of that sympathy, none of that empathy, none of that concern that he gives, none of the benefit of the doubt that he gives to Brandon Del Pozo. Well, he's into respectability politics. <laughs> yes. The last bit, uh, the last part of this piece, which is, I think... For me, and, and is, I don't know, it's the most fun. So there's been a couple of things going on with, with Bissonette and some tenants. And one is a, a tenant of his named C, who had been having some serious issues in their apartment, including there was noxious fumes uh, from their, the, 
downstairs neighbors, which were, was likely meth, also cigarette smoke. Um, eventually, the police removed them from the facilities. So there, there was clearly something going on. I'm not going to get into the details, but I went to the apartment at one point. Counselor Tracy went to the apartment at one point, and uh, Counselor Tracy even offered to write an affidavit on affidavit on behalf of this tenant. Uh, because I was there for like 20 minutes and my head was hurting and spinning. And, and like this tenant, I it, it, trying to understand them living with that for months on end while the Bissonettes refused to do anything uh, is like the, the, the trauma, the, the, the abuse, the harassment that that causes and, and just the, the stress is just terrible. Um, and it was never addressed. And, and, and Counselor Tracy eventually stepped in and, and really tried to address it. At the same time, so did Brian Pine. But Brian Pine, Brian Pine addressed it by sending texts to Bill. And, and in one of the texts, Bill disparages this uh, uh, tenant, saying that this tenant shouldn't be the caregiver of their mother and that they are insane and that is a risk to their mother. And he said, thoughts. And Brian responded with, I tend to keep out of family issues unless there's abuse. <sighs> then there was a, an email uh, because I also, I had done a GoFundMe for this person just to get out of the apartment for a few days. Because I, I, having been there and being like, this is so fucking terrible. Like, you deserve more than a couple days. But at least if we can crowdfund that, let's do it. And so uh, Bill sent the GoFundMe to Brian. And Brian responded, this was back in March, once again. It is not clear to me what they are raising funds for. And Bill said, apparently, Winkleman has an idea that he can spew misinformation flat out lies. To benefit this person. Your Old North End charitable program makes much more sense for me. Clearly, Mr. Winkleman lies to benefit his friends. We have zero code violations in that property, yet he says we have 15 violations. You can't make this stuff up. And Brian never responded. And was this tenant a friend of yours? This tenant is someone that I have worked with. I don't always get along with this person. Uh, we, we definitely have our very strong disagreements. I was in that apartment. Like, it doesn't, to me, it, it's not, like, yeah, I would have done that for a friend, but I, uh, I would do that for someone who's not a friend. Like, it's just one of those things where if you, it, 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 the apartment was fucking yeah, terrible. Yeah, but this is not, a, this is not, a, like, a friend, this is not a friend of you, yours who, like, you're hanging out with, or... This isn't, like, a 29-year-old a, a young professional friend of mine, or whatever. No, not at all. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it's, it's, a, it's someone in the community who I'm neighbors with and, and care about, and... and this isn't somebody with. who you would call to help raise funds for a project like <laughs> fixing Battery Park or something because you're not on that kind of a... You know, I've been in Burlington since 2007 and in my networks... Your vast and diverse network? Yeah, I've, I've, I've been... And throbbing, my vast, diverse, throbbing network, sorry. <laughs> so I've been in Burlington uh, since 2007, so let me tell you, my network is... Uh, not quite as vast or throbbing as Counselor Pines's. <laughs> so I, I see this as almost like a goofus and, and gallant situation. Here's Pine not really communicating with, with this tenant, while Max is communicating with this tenant. Here's Pine is really communicating with the landlord, not the tenant. And Pine has a very cozy relationship with this slumlord. Uh, Tracy, on the other hand, uh, has also started advocating recently for a second set of Bissonnette tenants who are being illegally evicted for uh, the legal fees that they are refusing to pay. 
And while Brian has a very nice relationship with Bill, where he's still able to text Bill whenever he wants and solicit funds for him whenever he needs to, um, Counselor Tracy essentially got a, a cease and desist from Bill Bissonnette's uh, lawyer, who is also the, in charge of the Vermont Landlord Association, um, where essentially uh, she said, this is Angela Zakowski, I represent Bissonnette Property Management and Bill Bissonnette. Uh, I'm requesting that you stop communicating directly with my client about these issues. My client is not able to comment or provide specific information related to tenant issues, particularly as it relates to specific termination notices. My client will not be discussing with you any termination notices that may or may not have been sent to individual tenants. My client will also not be discussing the other issue you identified in your phone message. That is a legal issue between my client and his tenants. I have copied the city attorney on this response. Please direct future communications to my office. So... We've got two candidates for this caucus in like two days. And, and, and by the time we get this out, it'll be one day. And I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm honestly not someone who's particularly cares about electoral politics, but what I do care about is, is holding people who are elected accountable. And there's zero question in my mind that Brian Pine is two-faced, um, that, that he would prefer to make incremental changes with his wealthy landlord friends behind the scenes in incredibly undemocratic and practically authoritarian ways rather than having to actually work and do the the, the, the the messy work of organizing and democracy, which involves talking to people sometimes who might not have a tone you like or, or talking to people who are angry or have trauma or PTSD or whatever else it might be. Or a Jewy nose that they just don't like. Or a Jewy nose and a very Jewy personality. Like, like there's... <laughs> There's, there's lots no i mean it's it's true um and 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 what what ends up happening is is uh and we saw this with with uh your favorite person joan shannon when it came to the landlords and just cause <laughs> where she essentially got all of these landlords behind the scene to show up right. using city uh emails and, and city resources and then was like well they these people said this was bad so we have to listen to them uh pine essentially did the same thing with these bike lanes Mm-hmm. where in, in a city council meeting, he argued that, that certain stakeholders uh, weren't sufficiently included in the process. Now, I don't know the process at all. I'm sure lots of people weren't included in it because the city is terrible at any process that's inclusive. But Brian's uh, inclusive process is not low-income people who need a car to get to their shitty $12 an hour job at a big box store in Williston. His, his stakeholders are racists <laughs> frankly racist landlords like Stu and eric hoekstra or or to be kinder to them just more amenable to them themselves meaning more profitable and their whatever white, and their white supremacist and capitalist values all right fine <laughs> they just they want to be in charge they want to be in charge and they want as little uh resistance as possible no matter how legitimate that resistance might be whether it's the mall, whether it's bike lanes, uh, whether it's tenant landlord complaints and, and disagreements, that's yep. what Brian Pine is about. Making right. those in power, their issues move as smoothly as possible. Building bridges is actually public. really messing. Yeah, building bridges in public. <laughs> bridges are public. Bridges are public. If you're building a bridge inside, that's not a bridge. It's not even a covered bridge. I don't know what that is. 
An indoor bridge? Who wants an indoor bridge? What do you, what, anyhow? And and we are experts when it comes to bridges. We are experts on bridges, <laughs> burning them, building them, taking photos of them. Living underneath them. Billy Goat's Gruff. All of these details, like, all, these kind of individual snapshots of, of Brian Pine that you kind of dug up are, I mean, they're entertaining, and some of them are rather surprising and odd, you know? None of them are just like, oh my god, this is so disgusting, like, this human being is just, you know, like, n- none of it is that, but it's just, again, if we want it's just gross. to have It's just gross. It just, I feel dirty. Like, I wrote it, and then I'm like, I don't feel clean, I'm taking a shower. Like, <laughs> like just, you're, just, you're just like, I feel gross, I'm not sure why. There's something about everything that I'm seeing and reading here that just doesn't feel yeah. right. Um, yeah so let's hope let's let's hope that we can use our uh our power as as uh citizens and community members to hold people accountable by not not letting them pull this kind of shit behind closed doors whether brian wins the caucus or not whether he wins uh for mayor or not uh he will be you know if he or if he wins the caucus or not or or even if he loses the mayorship or loses the mayoral race, he's still going to be a city councilor. And so the people of Ward 3, like, I, I hope you listen to this and really start thinking about whether Brian Pine is actually representing you uh, in, in any really uh, meaningful way, in, in a material mm-hmm. way, in a way that keeps your housing safe. And, and, and... Anyhow, um, yeah, so this has been a, uh, an emergency episode of Unsolicited Bridge Picks. Remember to uh, tweet all the, uh, all the dirt you've got on Brian Pine at unsolicited vt and make sure to not tip your landlord not tip yeah why would you tip your landlord never do that why would you give your landlord a tip i don't know (laughs) don't tip them (laughs) they make enough money off of you why would you give them a tip that's ridiculous that is ridiculous i can't believe people are advocating i can't believe that it's messed up disgusting stop tipping your landlord